Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patty Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is the Monday Movie Minute for October 21, 2019. Every Monday, we talk about the movies, uh, what I saw in the theater or what I saw sitting on my couch, and always talk a little bit about what's going on in the box office because... I don't know. I think it's interesting. Uh, sometimes we're short and sweet. Sometimes we throw back to old movies. Um, you you just you never know what's going to happen on the Monday Movie Minute. This week, apparently, it's about sequels or spinoffs. I, I didn't plan it that way. That was not an intentional theme that I went into, but it's what happened. Uh, we're going to talk about Maleficent, Zombieland, Double Tap, and El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. We're going to especially talk about uh, these movies from that perspective of should your kids or should your teens see it? Because uh, that's that's always important and something that parents want to know. So I like to give you guys a little heads up on things like this. But first, we're going to talk about the box office. Now, not a big surprise. It was kind of expected, but Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, uh, does come in at number one this week. Um, it's Disney, so you knew there was going to be some power behind it. $36 million. That's not, that's not the number they were hoping for, so it is a little bit lower than expected. And interestingly enough, it's about half the uh, 69.4 million opening weekend for the original Maleficent movie. So that's also kind of a, I don't know, something to look out for, something some, something of interest. Maybe this falls into the, did we need a sequel? Were people wanting a sequel? Were we hoping for a sequel? I'm kind of thinking, no, we weren't. <laughs> like Nobody really cared about this one. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's what the numbers are reflecting. The good news is it has Rotten Tomatoes ratings that are pretty good from an audience perspective. So the people that did see it really enjoyed it. I I think 96% was what I saw. So keep that in mind. If this is on your list, but you weren't sure and you kind of wanted to see how things played out, I'll give you my review and tell you what I thought about it. But overall, people are coming out of this movie enjoying it. So don't worry about critics. Think about what the people (laughs) are feeling, okay? Uh, All right, so number two is Joker. No surprise there either. Number three is Zombieland Double Tap. I am surprised at the numbers that this pulled because I thought it was going to be still a pretty niched audience. I don't know if it's the timing, time of year, uh, or just the cast, because I'm going to talk about the cast here in a few minutes. I don't know this one, but it pulled in. It came in at the number three spot and it actually had a pretty decent showing. Number four is The Addams Family. Five is Gemini Man. Six is Abominable. Seven is Downton Abbey. Eight is Judy. Nine is Hustlers. And 10 is It Chapter Two. All right, we're going to talk about Maleficent first. But mostly just because this is the order that I saw these movies in. So I'm just going to go in order. <laughs> it's Monday. I can only work with so much brain power. So that's what I'm doing. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, I am the rare movie going f- Disney fan who who really actually enjoyed uh, the first Maleficent. 
pretty much in my circles and in the Disney world, when you start talking about that original movie, most of the people I talked to didn't care for it. They didn't like that Disney took somebody who was supposed to be so evil and so bad and one of the baddest of all the baddies out there and actually kind of made her someone we were rooting for in the end. They didn't They didn't like that. So there was a lot of negativity, I think, towards... Um, Maleficent. And and so I was very curious how the sequel was going to pan out. Now, box office is not as strong as I'm sure they wish it was. However, the movie itself is is enjoyable enough, guys. I I liked this one well enough that I, I can recommend it. I can say, oh, you won't be you won't hate it. I won't say you won't be disappointed because it depends on what you're looking for in this movie, but um, I don't. I don't think you'll hate it. Okay, so if you have kids that are like clamoring to go and see something, and I'll touch on that in a minute, um, Maleficent is is not a totally awful option. Okay, um, now I will say this that. That original Maleficent, I caught it while I was on the treadmill. I did not see it in the movie theaters, mostly because I listened to what people said that they didn't enjoy it, that they were so mad about it, that it was awful. I mean, I just remember it getting so much hate. And then I watched it on the treadmill and I was so surprised. I was like, are we talking about the same movie? Because this is a this is a decent movie. There was there was nothing wrong with it. And Angelina Jolie is a fantastic actress. She is just, gosh, guys, she's just so good. So my lesson learned there was don't always listen to the critics. If there's something that you're curious about, um, you know, I kind of look at those Rotten Tomatoes audience scores to give me a better idea because I think there's more of us normal people out there than there are the hardcore critics who might pick something apart and not like it from a cinematic point of view where the rest of us just want to be entertained. Okay. So on that level, I will say this, if we had never gotten a second Maleficent movie, I don't think anybody would have minded. I mean, I I definitely would not have minded. Um, This one isn't particularly memorable uh, or or doesn't stand out to me a few days later from a story perspective. What did stand out was the cast and the acting and OMG, how stunningly gorgeous this movie is. In fact, I don't know, that might have been part of my problem is I was so enamored with the beauty of it all visually uh, and and everyone in it watching these actors just chew up the screen. Um, I, I kind of, I'll be honest, I lost track of what was happening in the story. <laughs> I don't have any massive negatives to this one. I feel like it was similar in feeling to the original, just, you know, not as surprising as that one was. But of course, you know, sequels rarely have that extra element of surprise, right? I will say as far as kids are concerned, many of my fellow moms, uh, mom critics out there are saying that this one has more violence and should be withheld and and kept for an older audience. I've seen 10 and up. I've seen 12 and up. I'm going to go with if your kid has seen the Marvel movies, then they can handle Maleficent. Uh, Yeah, there's, there's deaths. And there are going to be some surprising choices made as far as putting people and fairies and creatures in danger. But I don't feel like this movie had more violence than, say, Infinity War or Endgame did. Um, however, you know, if you were thinking light and fluffy fairy tale type story, it's not that. There, it's it's dark. It's Maleficent. So there's gonna there's absolutely that level of um, of violence and death that actually goes on here. So if your kids are 
are more sensitive, I don't know, to cute things dying, <laughs> then sure, this this could affect them more than Thanos' army getting slaughtered, for example. I, I can definitely see that. But there's no blood, there's no gore, um, there's no sex, no language, none of those things to worry about in Maleficent 2. So fairly family-friendly. I have an eight-year-old, she can handle this, she'd be fine with it. So there's that, okay? Um, it, I thought it was a good movie. But honestly, I basically forgot most of it as I left the theater. Like by the time I got home and my kids were asking me about it because I didn't take them with me based on some of those other recommendations, I honestly couldn't say a whole lot other than I was entertained. It was all right. It was good. You know what I mean? So that's where this movie is. It's not super memorable. All right. Uh, up next, uh, <laughs> I went and saw Zombieland Double Tap uh, with, with my husband on a date night. And this was another sequel. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, everything is basically a sequel or spinoff. I didn't plan it, but here we are. Uh, this is the sequel to the 2009 cult classic Zombieland. And sometimes sequels to unexpected hits uh, struggle to, to recapture that magic that they got from that that first movie. And I was afraid of that. I was I was afraid that that's what we were going to get with um, with with Zombieland Double Tap. But I'll, I'll tell you, I, I was happily surprised to find out that um, if you were a fan of, of Zombieland, then you're going to dig Double Tap, maybe even more than the original movie. I don't know. That's a bold prediction. There's a lot of people saying it's not as good as the original. I thought it was just as good, if not better. I laughed so loud and so hard watching this movie. Uh but again, that could be personal preference. There's a lot of things that happen in the movie that just played to my sensibilities. Um, a lot of pop culture references and a lot of throwbacks to to things that you've got to remember uh, when the zombie apocalypse happened. That was like 2009, and here we are 10 years later, so a lot of time has passed. Well, you know, a lot of time in pop culture has passed, and so there's a lot of points and, and things that people have said in this movie that they brought out kind of as a throwback to that 2009 era that it just, it, it tickled me, it entertained me, and uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. This one takes the four zombie apocalypse survivors through some family growing pains. Because, you know, it's been 10 years that they've been together now. Little Rock, who is just a child, you know, in that original movie, is all grown up. But Tallahassee, who is Woody Harrelson, who kind of, um, you know, sees her as a daughter figure, I guess. You know, he still sees her as a little girl and treats her as such. Uh, Columbus and Wichita are working through their own relationship issues as well. Eventually, the foursome end up at the White House for a bit, and then they they kind of break up and they they go their own ways. But you know, family is family, and eventually, they all come back together to survive uh, what's going on because you definitely need a team to survive this kind of of life. Okay, uh, now. As far as if what this movie, if it's any good, you know, it's a total campy, messy zombie movie. There is so much blood and so much gore and so much ick all over the place. I couldn't take that part seriously. I think that's where things are different for me between something like this and something like Joker. Joker felt like there was so much realism and and in reality to it, where this is so off the charts crazy, it doesn't 
I don't phase by that, okay? Uh, and so that's also kind of an explanation as to why I would recommend one for kids and teens and one I would absolutely not. P.S. Joker, not for teens. Um, if you've seen Walking Dead or Shaun of the Dead or even the original Zombieland, then you get the idea of what to expect going in on that level. Super, super campy fun. But like Maleficent, this cast... Oh my gosh, they are just so talented and just fantastic. If if this was the script and the film that it is, but with a different casting, with a lesser casting, it would it would probably be another waste of time and money in the theater. I I don't know that I would feel the same uh, appeal to it, but you know you've got three Academy Award nominated actors and one winner uh, all on this all on this uh, cast, and uh, you know even if they are killing zombies left and right, they do it so masterfully <laughs> that you just can't help but really get into it and really enjoy what's happening. I've even got a Spoilers Without Context post up. Uh, This one had so much of those fun pop culture references, like I mentioned, and that tickles me. So I have one of those. If you have seen the movie, you'll laugh. If you haven't seen the movie, you're not going to be spoiled by it, but it'll kind of give you like a heads up of things kind of to look for. Uh, that I found amusing. So it really is a spoilers without context. I mean, it's it's not going to spoil anything for you. Uh, <laughs> now, I had the best time laughing in this movie. It was, uh, there was a lot of long, loud laughs coming from me. And I thought the script was was pretty clever in, in places. A little more character development went on in this version of the movie than in the first version. So that was also nice to see. And, um, it's not the kind of movie I would have expected to even see that in. So that was also a pleasant surprise. Look, I don't love blood or even zombies so much, but I did really love watching this cast together, uh, just like I did in the original film. All right. Now, is this movie, is Zombieland Double Tap okay for kids? Uh, look, it's rated R, so leave the younger kids at home, period, the end. Um, but this isn't this isn't deep or mentally stressful uh, like Joker. Uh, it is gore and language f-bomb fest left and right of a movie. There's sex but not nudity on the screen. I mean, we we know what's going on, but we don't we don't visually see it. Okay. If your older teens are looking for something horrorish but not exactly scary this Halloween, I I, I could see giving the okay for them to see this one. Again, I go back to that whole campiness of it all, and the blood is just ridiculous. It doesn't feel real, and going in, you know this isn't a real, you know what I mean? It, there's there's that break in, in reality, and so I can I can set, see letting your older teens go ahead and see this one. Of course, you're going to have to get them in the movies, because it's rated R. Uh, you might have to watch it yourself, but as long as you're not grossed out too easily... <laughs> You might, you might find yourself enjoying it. There's actually a, a story to this one um, because of that family aspect and angle. And, you know, give it a shot. Give it a shot, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. I know that might be surprising that I'm saying let your kids see this because of all the blood and gore and the F-bombs and everything. Uh, but I am talking 15, 16, 17-year-olds. I am not talking, you know, your 10-year-old. Don't, don't do that business. That does not need to happen. All right. Uh, on to El Camino, the Breaking Bad story. 
This is the Breaking Bad spinoff. Um, it's the completion of Jesse's story. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the title even suggests that there may be more to come in this genre. So who knows? It might be time for Breaking Bad to live on, right? Uh, also to note, this is one of the rare shows where critics and audiences are on the same page. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Which I gotta agree. I did too. I did too. Now, going into that, this review is kind of hilarious because I've seen like four episodes of Breaking Bad. Yep, four. (laughs) And if you've seen El Camino, uh, yep, you are totally laughing at me already because how how would this movie make any sense if you haven't seen Breaking Bad? That's probably what you're thinking, right? Look, I wasn't planning on watching it, but I had some free time, friends were raving about it and loving it, so why not? You know, I went ahead and I just jumped in. Breaking Bad, I think, has five seasons and they're fairly, they're fairly decently long seasons. Catching up on that was going to take a long time for me to do, and I don't have that kind of time right now, but I, I really liked, I really like Aaron Paul, so I wanted to see what was happening here in El Camino. All right, all that being said, can I recommend this as a standalone movie? Would I tell other people who don't know Breaking Bad to just jump on in and watch this movie? Um, yeah, maybe. And also, no. <laughs> um, let me explain. So it's a good movie. It's it's shot well. It's it's a little bit gritty, but not too gritty. It's it's not too awful. The acting is stellar. It's a it's a good film and from that perspective, from that very critical standpoint. I I enjoyed this film. It's a little slow in parts, but honestly, at one point, I hit pause to see how much longer we had, and we only had like 20 minutes left, and I was surprised. So even though it was kind of a slow burn of a movie, it um, didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it. And it's it's a little over two hours or right at two hours, I think. I think it's worth taking a look, even if you're new to Breaking Bad, okay? However... I will admit to you, you will be 100% lost (laughs) and you'll do what I had to do, which was pause, Google, phone a friend (laughs) through many of the scenes. You know, it it starts off with some, uh, almost immediately, it starts off with with some backstory characters that I knew were backstory characters, but I didn't know exactly what their story was. So I did. I hit pause. I kind of Googled. Uh, There was this really great uh, Easter egg post that I found that kind of walked me through who all these people were and made it a little bit more clearer to understand. If you don't mind doing those kinds of things while you're watching a movie, then yes, have at it. Because if you don't, I just don't think you're going to get what's happening, what's going on, why those pauses or those dramatic effects or why this person showing up on screen is important or has any kind of tie back whatsoever to the series and you could be lost and it might be too distracting and you won't enjoy what is otherwise a really enjoyable movie. Uh, And I'll admit, I, I probably only got half of what this movie was about because I didn't have the background needed. Um, This movie plays heavily on flashbacks and background stories to move the action along. So like I said, if you don't have that information in your back pocket, you might (laughs) think this is the dumbest movie you've ever seen. 
However, I will tell you, if you are like me and you just go ahead and kind of do the research or pause and Google and look things up or, or phone a friend, you can always hit me up. I'm happy to try to explain what I learned. Um, I thought it was worth it. I thought it was definitely a worth sitting down and watching this show. In the end, I was able to follow along uh, well enough, and I did get some friends to chime in. Uh, they were on the, the No Guilt Fangirls uh, podcast Facebook group, which I do have. If you guys want to come join us, come jump on in. But that's where I put out my call in the middle of the movie. I was like, hey, y'all, I'm watching this. What is happening? Who are these people? And they all chimed in and let me do. Um, so, you know, if, if you're able to do that kind of a thing, then it bridged the gap and it it helped me understand what was happening. Now I, I recognize I am weird. I love spoilers. I don't have a problem watching movies like this sometimes. It's not my preferred way of doing it. I'm not that weird, but I don't I don't mind every now and then. But I think the majority of people would would probably hate this. So I'm gonna say go watch Breaking Bad first and then follow up with El Camino, a Breaking Bad story. I think it'll be the best satisfactory way of doing this. Uh, I have some miles to do on my treadmill before Disney Plus comes out, so I might have to make a Breaking Bad binge happen because I really enjoyed the character of Jesse that much. He he, he got to me. He got to me. Um, yeah, so... Oh, is this show okay for kids? So this is this was an interesting thing. At first, I thought, it's Breaking Bad. There's no way this is good for kids because my impression of break, Breaking Bad was... Uh, at least, you know, mature audiences only, or or I couldn't I couldn't remember what it was rated. Um, this is a Netflix original, and it's an R, so it's not rated. There is some drug use, definitely drug use. Um, there's some violence, some death, some language, some implied sexual situations. It's it's not the worst movie I've seen when it comes to these things. In other words, it, they, it wasn't like too heavy on any one subject matter like I just, you know, threw out there for you. I actually had my 12-year-old and my 16-year-old sons watching it with me, and I didn't feel like I needed to shoo them away. Uh, I did send the 8-year-old out of the room. She did not watch it, and I think that is absolutely appropriate. Uh, I would say for the most part, for this movie... My vote would be ages 14 and up due to the subject matter and even the way the story is told. There's a lot of flashback and flash forward. And my younger son was like, wait, who is this new? Is this old? They kind of give you a cheat. Jesse shaves his head at one point. And so when he has hair, that's how that's the signal. That's I was like, look, Seth, just look at his hair. When he has hair, that's a flashback. When he doesn't have hair, that's real time. He was like, oh, but, you know, that's what I'm saying is like it. It wasn't supernatural for him to to get that and understand it right away. So it might have been a little bit too old for the 12-year-old. Um, so I'd say 14 and up, uh, again, to the subject matter and the maturity levels of, of what they talk about here. Um, but you, you know your kids. And if they've seen any of the Breaking Bad show series, then this is probably fine for them. It's, it's along the same lines from my understanding of of what they did. Okay, that's the Monday Movie Minute this week. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, throw those five-star reviews up there. It helps other fangirls find the show. Always appreciated by yours truly. Thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast this morning. Hope you'll be back to fangirl with me again real soon.